Good morning, good morning, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, oh my god, I'm back babes, feeling feeling a little frivolous on the mic, feeling spicy on the mic this evening, but for you possibly Monday morning, and I just hope that your Monday morning is going good, you've got the caffeine you've got the morning pastry perhaps maybe a breakfast burrito perhaps a bagel maybe a toast of some kind or a yogurt parfait if you will (laughs) i'm so happy to be on the mic right now welcome to are we gonna a week off because I was planning LA's hottest queer day party. That's right. I don't talk a lot about my job on here, but I am a party planner and I throw little parties. I'm going to allow the bar to stay unnamed just for professional purposes, but I did throw a queer block party uh, last Sunday and it was such a fucking blast and everyone was so hot and, and this it does boil into this whole thing I think I've touched on here where like I meet people through my work and it almost feels like self-sabotage because then like I can't date or sleep with these people, right? And just everyone was so hot and nice and cute and queer and friendly and I'm just like, oh, it was so great. But yeah, it's like I can't meet anybody or maybe I could, but I don't really put myself like I, I not only friend zone myself, I like business zone myself. Like I, what's the word for that? Not friend zone, but like colleague zone I colleague zone myself and it's such a fucking bitch I hate that about me but I love myself I'm um okay so at the block party I threw I had a tarot reader and everyone who was going to see the tarot reader was coming back shook like the girls were shaken by this tarot reader so of course I'm running around the whole party like just like putting out little fires as you do and I'm such like Loki, I'm good at it. Virgo things. Um, also, I have not yet told the pod I bought Beyonce tickets for my birthday. So I am going to Beyonce on Friday, September 1st on my damn birthday because I got the night off. And I'm like, you know what, girl, just go. Just go on your damn B-Day. B-Day. Okay. But so everyone was coming back from the Sarah Reader so shook. And I was like, okay. I, I ran over to her and I was like, hey, before you pack up, like, could we do a quick reading? She was like, yeah, 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 yeah. She literally had a line the whole time. But so she was packing up and she did a three card pull for me. And I just am assuming some of you listening are tarot girlies. So I'm going to tell you what the cards were. It was the sun justice and page of wands oh and and for context she asked me if I wanted to ask the cards anything and of course I was like oh well I'm having a really hard time finding love and I just kind of want like that general question for the cards like what's going on there why can't I find love or what's going on and she said the sun was all about my my um energy like how I'm just so magnetic and unique and I have like such a special energy and she was like so right about that (laughs) no but for real like (laughs) I am kind of like I do love me which is so important I hope you all feel that way about yourselves too but okay so that one was like all about my spirit and then justice she was like oh it seems like maybe you were in a relationship before that was kind of cruel and not to get into it here on the pod but I uh, oh wait I already did get into this a little bit yes I was in a very traumatic not good relationship for a long time so it's like okay period and then page of wands she said I needed to like tend to my soil and my inner child and I was like yeah she specifically used the words little Jordana and it really broke my heart when she said that for some reason I was like Oh my God, if I think about little baby me, it makes me very sad because all she wanted was just like love and attention and she didn't always get it. And then like she only really got it when she 
was performing, whether it be dance or music. And like, holy shit, that's so sad. And like directly correlates to me now where I just like work my ass off at my career because that's where I've historically gotten love and attention. Okay. (laughs) Love to read myself for filth. Anyway, um, so that was last Sunday, and I was like, okay, I cannot put out this pod tomorrow because I had not yet edited it, and we have such an incredible guest today, and I was like, your girl needs a week to feed and nourish little Jordana, and then, you know, we'll go from there. And I really did feed and nourish her. Speaking of feeding and nourishing and just like... There's really no good transition here, but like a fruit fly just passed me inside my closet, which is leading me to explain that I have such an out of control fruit fly infestation right now. And I know I need to just like buy some damn fruit fly traps because they exist. But it's like, I don't understand how this happened. Like at first they were coming from my trash can. So I was like taking my trash out regularly, but they were like, they were like addicted to my fucking trash can. So today I literally threw out my entire trash can because I'm like, something is going on here that's really concerning. And I'm like, in my closet right now, like, behind such a thick layer of clothes, and there's a fruit fly in here. Like, I don't know what I did wrong. Like, God, I'm sorry, but, like, can we get rid of the fruit flies? It's really causing me emotional turmoil. Okay. Okay, I, I, I want to get I want to get to the interview today because it is with, with um such a baddie, but I do want to say a couple. I okay, okay. I'll say one more thing. Okay, okay. I like have a whole list of things. Um. Okay. Okay. How many more times should I say okay? Okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you about the guest, and then I'm going to tell a related story, maybe a couple, and then we're gonna go into the interview. So our guest today is my dear, dear friend who lives in Chicago. Her name is Abby Warhus. She is an icon. She is a queen. And I have her on today because she is a pole dancer and she is a full-on stripper and she is a queer baddie and (laughs) drumroll please I've kissed that bitch so this is our first guest um, that I've kissed. And I do eventually want more people on the pod who I've kissed. I mean, it's a short list because I am, like, not smooth or swaggy. <laughs> so we met a couple years ago through her ex that I used to make some music with. And we met at a house party that he was throwing. And I was like, who is this radiant angel who is feeding me chili crisp oil? She is the one who introduced me to chili crisp oil because I'm just like a Jewish girl. Like we don't eat that. (laughs) So she introduced me to that at this house party. And she had these like little space buns and she had glitter on her eyes. And she was so gorgeous and I was like how did this man who I'm making music with who is great but I was just like how did he land this icon and instead of just like stealing her from him I made her my best friend who I made out with um in the club so on the pod today we talk about how she got into pole dancing and then stripping in a strip club and queer identity in the pole and stripping community and you know the roots of pole dancing and stripping and 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 what we think about all these things her experience in this art form um and where she's hoping to go with the art form and I think this is an awesome conversation listening back I was so impressed with us because I am in love with her Um, and I really hold it together I think and she speaks so well about um this deeply interesting and important topic so so much fun but in the interview you'll hear me say that I've never been to a strip club and it's a good thing took the week off motherfucker because I went to Jumbo's clown room in Hollywood which is dangerously six minutes from my house (laughs) um and I fucking fell in love so Jumbo's clown room is a they don't call it a strip club they call it a bikini bar because they're not licensed for like 
real nudity. Like, they can't show their tits, really. But they wear, like, tiny little bikini tops and thongs on stage. And you have to be fucking good. There's only one stage with one pole. And it's not, like... Abby and I talk about in the conversation how the club she works at, you don't have to be a good dancer. Um, And we talk about clubs that you have to audition for and you do have to be a good dancer. And those are more like stage clubs. And Jumbo's Clown Room is definitely you have to be good because I've never seen anything like this in my life. It was like gymnastics on a pole in a bikini and just like shaking ass and then like doing flips on a pole and then hanging upside down and then like shaking titties like it was let's just say I had never been in quite an environment like that and uh yeah girl's obsessed and I followed Abby's instructions here on the pod you'll say you'll hear her say uh that girls should not go to the strip club with less than $100. For men, it's a little higher, and we get into the heteronormativity of that. Um, but so I was like, Abby said 100 bucks. I took out $100, exchanged it all for ones, and just had the time of my fucking life. So that was Friday night. Um, and then today, like, oh, my God, life for me is always a little cosmic and a little magical. And I'm always like, oh, my God, right place, right time. I'm so in tune with the motherfucking energy of the universe. I'm just riding that wave. Okay, I'm going somewhere. So today I went to the um, art book fair at Geffen Contemporary in L.A. So it's like this huge, I mean, massive book fair of you know art books zines posters art prints things like that and I'm walking around I mean this place is huge and I did not hit every table because it would have taken me six hours and I was getting really overwhelmed with just like the energy of people and I was having artistic ideas and it was actually a very inspiring cool day and also exhausting um on a different note I was really tired before recording this intro And I masturbated for caffeine. So just shout out if you ever use that technique. If it's late and you don't want to have coffee, but you just like rub one out and you just get a little burst of energy. (laughs) Is that crazy? I don't think so. Okay, so I'm at this fucking book fair. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I am particularly only looking for like lesbian art. Um, I did end up buying a print from a white man just because it was so fucking cool. And he used this really interesting printing process, which I'm not going to explain here because it's not relevant. Um, But I'm walking and I see out of the corner of my eye a photo of like a almost naked girl. And I do a double take. I'm like, I swear that looks like one of the dancers I saw at Jumbo's Clown Room two nights ago. And I get closer and... It is a stripper, like, up against a mirrored wall in a bikini with her ass out, and there's, like, dollars all over the ground. And you can't totally tell what the bar is, but so I asked the girl selling the prints, I was like, do you know where this is? And she seemed kind of annoyed, but she was like, I think it's Jumbo's. And I was like, yeah, it is Jumbo's. I was just there. And then I bought the print, and I just framed it and hung it on my wall because it was still a little too, like, like, worlds like too many things linking up because what are the chances I just went there two nights ago and I just recorded this podcast with my friend who's a stripper and like I happened to stop by this table and I love jumbos like it was just too cool anyway I am so excited to introduce Abby I want to encourage you all to follow her on Instagram it's at patchouli underscore pole She is such an incredible dancer. She is performing in Chicago regularly, and she strips at the club if you so wish to go support her in the club. Um, I'm so excited for you to listen to this interview, and uh, let's wait no further. I'm so happy to be on the pod. I'm obsessed with this podcast um, and I've been telling everyone to listen to it. Oh my God, stop. It is like so cringe. I'm very much, whenever I'm like, oh, I have a podcast. I'm also like, (laughs) maybe don't listen. (laughs) 
Listen, let's just get right into it. And if we want to circle back to other stuff, we can. But so how did you, A, get into pole dancing, B, get into, like, club culture? Um, Like, do you call it a strip club or do you just call it the club or uh, kind of all of it? How did you get into it? What was that audition process like? And then how did you get here? Yeah, so... I took a pole class. I saw pole dancing on Instagram and became kind of obsessed and started obsessively following pole dancers. And then I started like creepily following Chicago pole dancers and looking at like where they danced. Um, And I took a class, I think my first class I just took by myself. I didn't bring anyone with me. I took like a beginner pole class at Stiletto dance in Chicago shout out love them my OG studio I don't go there a lot anymore they're great um and I became really obsessed with it I took like three more classes and then I got a pole in my house I just bought one and I was like fuck it I need this in my house and then I for like a year or so I was pretty self-taught because I couldn't afford pole classes yeah Um, so I learned from like Instagram, TikTok, online, just like figuring stuff out on my own. Um, and then like, I feel like six months after I got into pole, I had quit my nanny job. Um, I don't think you knew me when I was a nanny. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was a nanny for like four years. I quit my nanny job and I was like, fuck it. I'm auditioning at the club. I did a bunch of research I talked to a ton of people that I knew had worked at this club particularly and I rented a car because I still do not own a car I rented a little zip car and I drove all the way out to Ridgeview which is a suburb of Chicago that no one's ever heard of you don't ever need to go there unless you're going to Polecats to spend thousands of dollars on me then you can come to Bridgeview yeah Um, I drove out to Bridgeview and I did my little audition. Um, the audition is not what you think. I have a whole routine, okay? I was told that it was short. They were like, it's only 30 seconds. You just take your top off, do a little dance, and that's it. So I had a routine. I yeah. was like, I'm going to do a little spin, and then I'm going to do a little shimmy, and then I'm going to do a little body roll. And I got up there. And the manager and the house mom are like standing off to the side and they like look at me and I barely had taken my top down and was like doing a little shimmy. And they said, okay, it was like 10 seconds. That's it. Just 10 seconds. And then, you know, you walk down and the house mom goes, okay, do you want to start tonight? (gasps) I did not start that night. I went back a different day to start I had on a really dumb little mesh dress and like three inch long lashes that were like glitter lashes <laughs> oh were, my god they were I think it was like during June so they were like pride edition glitter lashes that I found out with <laughs> it was like raining glitter into my eyes the whole night it was so silly I straightened my hair Oh my god. I knew nothing. I barely knew how to do my own makeup. I like we hadn't gotten into waxing yet. Like <laughs> Yeah. Wait, wow. So there's just there's so much here and like I have noted things I want to talk about and then okay. I have just like off the cuff. So your audition it's like 10 seconds. Basically yeah. like you lift up your shirt to show your titties. They're like great and then that's it. They're like does she have titties? She's got them. <laughs> and You're hired. So they're not curious if you can dance? Well, they do not care. Are there girls there that, like, are bad dancers? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Does that bother you? Are you like, ugh? No, because I feel like every club is different. And the club that I work at, if stage was, like, a big thing where you're making, like, hundreds of dollars on stage and night, I feel like it would make a difference if you're good yeah. or not. But the club that I'm at, it's a lot more like hustling for lap dances, getting champagne rooms, talking to customers than it is like actually dancing. 
Yeah. So okay. There, there's even like girls who don't dance on stage at all. Like you can pay the DJ twenty dollars like up front to keep you out of the rotation so that you're just off stage all night. Oh wow. Do yeah, you, they never touch the stage. Do you want to transition to a club where it's more stage focused? You know, those don't really exist in Chicago um, or even in the burbs. But I have played with travel dancing and going to New Orleans or Vegas. Yes. Um, because you can make a lot of money if you're good at pole in Vegas. You um, would be so fun. good in Vegas. Girl, I'm talking to a friend uh, about spending a month in Vegas in, like, January. <laughs> Wait, can you please do that? Because also Vegas is a four-hour drive for me, and I will go spend all my money. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, okay. I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, oh, my God. It's, like, it's, in, it's actually very much in the works. Okay, Slay. And then also, while you're in Vegas, you should come do, like, a couple shows in L.A. Because there's, like, so many I pole would. shows. Yeah. You know, I want to, I wanna, like, travel dance and do um, dance at clubs, but then ideally get booked for like shows and stuff yeah okay i'll book you that's this is a different conversation I'll, <laughs> I'll book you because i'm back at the bar so i can just like book you to pole dance at the bar it would be crazy oh hell yeah let's do it Fuck yeah okay 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 so you audition titties they're like go for it first night long sparkle lashes little mesh dress <laughs> like do you remember the first person you approached for a lap dance um Maybe not the first person, but I do remember my first night meeting two men that I have known since then that still come to the club and talk to me and will like reminisce about my first night. Um, one of them was like, I was talking to him and this other OG girl who doesn't work there anymore. She's like this European woman who's like super tidy with the hugest fake tits you've ever seen in your life. Oh my She's God. so gorgeous, but she never goes on stage. And I was sitting at the bar. They had bought me a couple drinks. I was super nervous because I was about to go on stage for the first time ever. And this guy was being so nice to me. He was like, go, go, go. I'll tip you. You don't have to do anything. Like, no one's going to even look. No one cares. It was like a Week night, no one was paying attention. So I got up on stage. I did my little thing. I did like a full stupid little routine, like all the moves I had learned in pole class. Yes. <laughs> like before, I really know how knew how to like be on stage and give like a good performance because performing in the strip club and like in studios is so different. Um, and I got back down and I went over to them and I was like, "How did I do?" And they were kind of like laughing at me they were kind of like snickering under their breath and they were like you look like you took some pole class <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I was mortified wait and and but tell me this isn't that like at the club they don't actually want to see crazy tricks and stuff or you tell me not at this not at this club at this club they want you on the floor yeah. with your ass up in the air so that they can make it rain on your ass um and they want it you they want your ass bouncing right right like two inches from their face <laughs> oh my god like same so i get it <laughs> but okay and then did they kind of tell you that or did you mm -hmm. just learn? Oh, God. Well, no, I kind of just learned. They were, like, nice, but definitely making fun of me. Um, you they were like, I know. <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like you were doing all the moves you learned. In <laughs> Yo, fuck them, because you know that they could not do it. Like, imagine them going up there. Like, and I know that's not the point of this conversation. I'm like, men couldn't do that. <laughs> but it's like, come on. If they took a pole class, they'd be doing the moves they learned on stage, too. I know. I, I I learned later. I watched, and I learned a lot at the club. I learned some of the things that I do now in my, like, performance routines outside of the club or things that I learned from watching dancers in the club and watching how they kind of interact with the customers around the stage and, like, the types of tricks that people actually care about spoiler it's like the easiest ones <laughs> just yeah. get up there and get upside down and people will throw the money um so I learned a lot in the first I'd say it took me about 
a year of working at the club before I really felt like super confident in my dance abilities specifically. I mean, even just in my time knowing you, we've probably been like tight for a little over or no, like two years now, right? Yeah, probably two years. And I've watched you just like skyrocket. And I remember when we first started talking, hanging out, I was like, wow, Abby's so amazing. And just like week after week, like new tricks, new dances, like you're such a strong dancer right now. And I just can't wait to see what happens next. Cause like literally in two years, like, I mean, I'm just going to repeat what I just said. When I met you, I didn't think that like, oh, she's going to get better than this. And like, it just keeps getting better. So it's so impressive. So nice. Thank you. (laughs) No, I'm serious. And everybody needs to go follow Abby on Instagram and it's patchouli pole and we'll, we'll blast that all out. But let's talk about, um, so your journey in pole was first pole classes, right? Yeah. Then mm-hmm. pole at home, then auditioning for the club. And I wanted to talk about what you think about pole dancing as this thing that people do for just fitness versus performing in a club versus like more artistic dance oriented pole. Like what are your feelings around this? Do you have feelings around it? Yeah, I'm just curious. I definitely have feelings around it and it's actually a pretty complicated topic Um, and there's a lot of different schools of thought about it and I've gone through different ways of thinking about like pole fitness versus strippers versus the artistic side of pole Um, and I think I've kind of landed on like all pole is good and as long as you're being transparent and like recognizing where it came from, which is black sex workers who like made it popular and like created this art in the club. Um, then I feel like go off with your bad self. I do, however, find most pole competitions to be cringy as fuck. Um yeah. And there's, like, a lot of pole competitions that are very, like, horophobic and very anti-sex work. And some of the biggest ones out there um, have in their rules things against, like, sensuality and certain moves that are not allowed. And they're, like, moves that are done at the strip club and, like, no twerking. And, like, that is not cool. Um, And I don't like that. But... Yeah, it's a really complicated topic. And I feel like a lot of um, studios are kind of coming around to being less horophobic. But I've also definitely seen a lot of just like general insensitivity from whole fitness girlies um, or like we call them civilians mm-hmm. who will be like... Uh, just hanging out being slutty at the studio and I'm like you just dancing at the pool studio does not make you slutty I'm so sorry you're wearing like boy shorts (laughs) oh my god I have chills right now while you're talking because I I haven't heard it laid out like this before and it's infuriating it's also just erasing the culture like you said like acknowledge where this comes from like black black sex workers popularizing the art form and it is an art Mm -hmm. form and there is a culture that comes with it and to just these pole competitions being all fitness and and not letting you be sensual like then do not do this like that's not what this is about yeah also can you I just want to be super clear for those listening you're saying whore phobic right I am. What does it sound like? No, I just want to, I just want to make sure like people know what you're saying because I love that word. I've never heard it and I love it. Oh yeah. That's um, a big thing. And just like sex work in general, like horophobia, it's kind of like, you know, the other side of like being sex positive, but like, you know, those of us who like do slutty things for money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about how you, how you, embrace sex positivity but also I mean stepping into sex work is is I want to use the right word here 
I mean, the society we're living in, like typical society does have, there's a stigma around it, of course. Like we are all actively working against that stigma, but I'm not a sex worker. And so I haven't had the experience of like embodying that and going against the grain in that way. So I'm curious about like what that was like for you to start doing. Yeah, so I've actually technically been doing sex work since I was like 19 Mm. um, because I was like selling my nudes in college. Um, And then after that, I did some camming. I hated camming. Camming is the worst. All power to the cam girls because it is rough out there. Um, Wait, the secret key is that I cammed for a bit. Did you know that? No, you didn't. When did you cam? I cammed from like 21, probably just the age 21. And I only did it for like six months. Um, I've definitely never, I've definitely never told. (laughs) Are you going to keep this in the pod? Yeah, I'll keep it in the pod. I don't care. Like nothing matters anymore. Like I'm almost 30. Exclusive. Exclusive. (laughs) Yeah, I cammed for this website that was called like webcammodels.com. And then they okay. like would put your videos out on other websites type thing. Ooh, okay. It was like a broadcast network thing, but people on that website could like send you money and like request like a private room with you type thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Did you make good money? I mean, I was making decent money, but then like tax season came around and I panicked because like my mom's like tax person was going to do my taxes or whatever. And then that's when I started doing my own taxes. And then I like fucked them up because I, I didn't do it right. (laughs) It's just the whole thing. But yeah, like I made decent money, but I never showed my face and I would have made more money if I showed my face. That's so crazy. Yeah. Camming is like a whole different world. I feel like it's a little scarier for me because there's so like, you're really out there for everyone. Like there's no, subscription there's no like anonymity and like anyone can see you so I did that for a little bit and I got a little freaked out because like someone messaged me on the cam site that I was using like saying that they were a family member of mine which they weren't it was like just someone messing with me but I got freaked out and I was like oh god what if a family member did see this like I gotta get out of here so (laughs) um so I had my little camming stint and then I hopped on the OnlyFans trend I had stopped like doing nudes and stuff for a couple years while I was nannying because it just felt wrong um yeah Um, and then I hopped on OnlyFans. I did some like silly stuff on OnlyFans. I um did this little bit where I would like write sexy poems on <gasps> OnlyFans for my subscribers using like the letters in their name. I would do like a sexy little acrostic poem. And on OnlyFans, you can do like pay-per-view messages. So I would send them a little message and they would have to spend like $10 to unlock it. And it would be this little poem that I had written. And then I would like read the poem in an audio message and be like, if you want it read by me, like this is $20 and they would have to spend $20 to unlock that. So (laughs) wait, that's the hottest thing I've ever heard. That's like my exact kink. (laughs) It's like hot girls reading poetry that's written about me. It was so silly. It was really kind of for a bit, but then I ended up making some good money on it. And then I found out I really didn't like OnlyFans either because I'm a lazy girl and I am terrible at keeping up with making online content. And I usually just never feel like doing it. And I usually feel really, really silly making it. I feel um, so then after I quit my nanny job and I had been pole dancing for like six months, I was like, well, I've already been like in this sex work world, like might as well take it face to face yeah, and go to the strip club, like the OG spot. <laughs> yes. um, so I was already very much in the world of sex work, but very like on the down low, like people didn't know I wasn't advertising it. Um, I got blacklisted in college when people found out that I was selling nudes because I was in the theater program um wait what do you mean really bad what do you mean Um, blacklisted like yelled at I mean I mean I was not cast in any productions after that (laughs) oh my god Uh, (laughs) fuck my dick I know it was it was bad news um 
And I definitely had like some professors say some stuff to me. I blocked a lot of it out, so I couldn't tell you specifically what was said. Wow. But <laughs> yeah, period. Ew, ew. I hate this place. Like the world. The world. It's a yeah, that's bad. bad. But, okay, keep going. But yeah, I like had always been really on the down low about it because I definitely felt a lot of shame around it and a lot of like just fear of what would happen if people in my life found out. Um, and then people did find out and like, it wasn't good. Um, so I had already kind of gone through that whole phase of like dealing with what it is like to have everyone know that you do sex work and treat you different because of it. And then when I moved to Chicago, back to Chicago and I like made a whole new group of friends, like adults in Mm -hmm. like the theater world and the climbing world I like felt very comfortable just telling people like I work at a strip club because I felt like there was much less stakes around those friendships and relationships because like it was kind of a new world it's like 2021 and people were kind of hopping on board and also I live in Chicago where like people are cool (laughs) (laughs) about stuff like that and like the communities I was in were like very progressive communities the theater community and the climbing community um so I just like told people and my friends had so many questions yeah um and for a while it was like my whole personality was like talking about the strip club and it was probably really obnoxious um (laughs) I don't I I don't think that anyone probably found that obnoxious because I think people are so curious yeah people really want to know I mean I really I really want to know and I think a lot of it comes from this almost like like religious shame and like cultural shame like people feel shame about their own like bodies and like sex like identity and sexuality like there is growing up this like oh hide your body like we don't talk about that so then when you meet someone who is like oh yeah I do sex work or I strip in the club like I make money by like being so sexual people are so curious because we we only fucking wish like for real like we all just fucking wish we were liberated in the way that so many people who are in sex work and stripping and pole dancing are you know it's that's why we're curious you know yeah it really like I don't know how to put this. I feel like once I started telling people and once I just kind of owned it, I became so much more comfortable just in my body in general, like how I look out in the world, um, partially because I really finally learned how to like make myself look nice. Um, But partially because like I realized like what people will pay for it. And like how good it feels to just like know that you are attractive and like really lean into that. Um, should I okay. do a little lead ASMR? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Damn it. You couldn't hear like the bubbles or anything. Oh, that's so sad. Okay. Yeah. I bet it sounded really <laughs> good. <though. laughs> Wait, also you're the first person um, I, I don't think I ever smoked a bong until I met you. What? Yeah. That's at your crazy. queer witchy party, I smoked that bong that you just had, I think. Fun story about this bong is my mother bought it for me. Ugh. Um, when I moved back to Chicago after my breakup, when I left Vermont and I didn't have any of my weed paraphernalia cause I couldn't bring it on the plane. And I was really sad about it. And my mom was like, let's go to the smoke shop together. And she bought me this little bong and she bought herself a matching one. But hers is white and mine is black. Wow, your mom is a G. Um, and let's <laughs> just let's just talk about that because I'm sure people listening are going to be like, what did your family say? So go off. What did your family about say about sex work stuff? So... I waited a long time to talk to my mom about it because I was terrified Yeah. Um, because when I started pole dancing as a hobby, one of the first things my mom said was, well, that's so cool. I just don't ever want you to do that 
in front of people. Okay. And yes. I was like, hmm, okay, well, <laughs> well, uh, I'm already doing it. So yeah. it took me a long time to tell her, and I actually never ended up telling her. She found out. Oh. Um, I think someone must have, someone from my hometown must have seen me at the club, and, like, it got back to her. Um, and so one day she just asked me, she was like, Abby, do you work at a strip club? And I just was like, yep, <laughs> I do. Yeah. We had kind of a long conversation about it and she ended up being really cool about it. She ended up like asking me some questions. She was definitely uncomfortable, but she wasn't mad about it. She wasn't like disappointed. She wasn't upset she was just like a little uncomfy and she's still a little uncomfy about it um I think she didn't realize that it was going to be such a big thing in my life so then when I started performing outside of the club at shows and now teaching classes she's having a bit of a hard time dealing with the fact that this is like my whole life and wasn't just like a little stop along the way yeah um huh so we're working on it we're working yeah. on it I mean it's a career though it's not even just a job like this is a career like it's a beautiful yeah. thing and it's it's a you make a ton of money and b it's an art form it's a skill a talent like yeah I think I feel like those things are undeniable at this point I think so too I think um with parents it's just like weird because they get little stories in their head about how things are unsafe or mm. like how it's going to lead you down like a path that's wrong because all they have is like what the media has told them about it or like whatever old fashioned views that they think about it. So they're like, if you're a stripper, you must be like doing a lot of drugs and like being really unsafe all the time. And like, sure, those things do exist, but I don't think that that's inherent to stripping. I think it's like inherent to who you are. So if you're someone who wants to, you know, party a lot and do a lot of drugs and like be in unsafe situations, like you're going to find that at the club. And if you're not like that, you're not going to find it. And like, it is Absolutely. there. Like people offer me cocaine pretty much every night that I'm at the club. Um a lot of it's really easy to get blackout drunk every time you go to work because you're allowed to drink and customers be buying shots mm -hmm. um but I think if you're smart about it and you know you want to save your money and you want to be safe and you want to like let this career kind of last for you you can you just have to be careful but um I think it's hard for parents to just like not yeah. be afraid yeah. And a lot I some of that is definitely generational. Mm -hmm. And also though like probably I I don't know why I have this feeling around generations like maybe our parents generation being like a little jealous that they didn't have like the freedom to explore these type of things. I think that's definitely part of it. Right? I think that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but speaking of, like, the great parts of working in a club, I did ask, like, because at the club there is, like, a dressing room, right? Or, like, a like I call it, I called it a locker room. In my notes, I said locker room culture, question mark. Like, <laughs> what um, is the I guess culture behind the scenes? It's locker room or dressing room, I guess. I think I call it the dressing room, but there are lockers in there. Um, <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> every club has one. Um, they're all very different. I work in a really big club that really tries to be super classy and tries to be like a gentleman's club. Like mm. they don't call us strippers there. They call us entertainers. If they hear us saying that we're strippers, they'll be like, no, you're an entertainer. 
um, which we all think is really funny because we're like, no, we're strippers, but okay, yeah. it makes you feel better management. Um, I love that. <laughs> um, but in the back, there is a big locker room. We have a really nice, big, clean locker room. Not all clubs have huge, clean locker rooms. I have been at ones that have nasty, scary little locker rooms. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the one I work at is really nice. Um, it's got a big old wall of mirrors with like makeup lights and then there's a desk in the corner where the house mom sits and the house mom like facilitates everything with the dancers so she like organizes the auditions she is there for like anything you need like tampons toothpaste uh nail file lotion perfume scissors like a sewing kit um she sells outfits garters skirts um uh and she sits there and like gossips with the girls um and then you know you have to tip her out at the end of the night uh I have heard that some strip club locker rooms get really catty Mm -hmm. um our club is not like that but it's because if you have like an issue they will like that you're just fired like immediately um they do not tolerate any type of fighting or any type of like bitchiness between the dancers or any type of like jealousy when it comes to like whose customers who's like you just have to follow the etiquette and if you don't you're out Mm, Um, that's probably good I think it's really good I think at this club that I work at it fosters like a very like fun environment like I'm friends with dozens of the girls at my club um and we like try really hard to get along and like put each other on and support each other um I've had my little like work flirtation shifts with other girls at the club like we're all just like dolled up in our little bikinis like looking gorgeous all night long hundreds of us and like (laughs) not hundreds like up to like 80 girls some nights um and like i've like 75 percent of them are queer oh my god this is what i'm here for (laughs) (laughs) so like all night like i don't know maybe this is just my perspective because i love women so much and i want this to be my life so i kind of like make it happen like all night I'm just like seeing my friends and like oh baby you look so good we're like giving each other little taps on our asses like as we walk past each other it's just the cutest like most supportive environment like everyone is complimenting each other and like loving on each other all night long it's so sweet and then we all go back in the back and like talk shit about the customers and talk about like who we're gonna finesse and how we're gonna get this money and how we're gonna get this guy into the champagne room. It's like a movie back there. Okay, I fucking love that. Um, I wanted to talk about like, oh, go ahead. You have a thought? No, I wanted to talk about like um, queerness in poll, but like you said, like seventy five percent of the girls are gay or queer at least um I don't know if you have any further comment on that I just think it's hot like I just and I do feel like a lot of (laughs) pole dancers are queer um you know I didn't really realize it until I started doing shows outside of the club um and I feel like the strippers and dancers that gravitate towards doing these like outside shows all tend to be queer um and so I work with one company siren chicago shout out it's also the studio i work at um or teach classes at they put on pole shows like maybe once a month or every other month and they're the first sex worker owned studio in chicago wow and they put on all sex worker pole shows um and so they it's mostly like people from clubs in Chicago. Um, The last show I did at House of Blues, there were two um, porn stars who put on like a Jennifer's Body inspired like show. It was so hot. It was so fun. 
<laughs> I know your face. It was so good, dude. Um, I wish you were here in LA. Okay, yeah, that sounds amazing. So, like, these shows tend to be super queer, and the audience for these shows are, like, all the queers in Chicago, like, show up for this. Because, like, queer people want to see us, too. And they are not, like, they're welcome, theoretically, at the strip club. But it's not, like, a super fun environment if you're queer. Like, it's very, like, masculine. It's, like, very focused on the men. It's, like, geared towards them. So these shows outside of the club end up drawing, like, a super diverse crowd of, like, queers and people of color in Chicago. And it ends up being, like, this extremely, like, hot gay night of, like, pole dancing. Okay, I'm literally, like, hot and bothered. <laughs> whole thing literally you're talking and i'm like half here in my body like half in my own little <laughs> world because i'm also like wait there should be a queer strip club you know there actually is kind of one in chicago um it's not a strip club but it is like a collective called the click clack club um and they work out of the california clipper and they put on shows like maybe every other month and they're more, they're, they operate like a strip club. So they, they have people like coming on stage, but it's not just a pole show. They also have like spanking booths, lap <gasps> dances. They're doing like bottle service. They're doing like, they turn the California Clipper into a queer strip club for the night. Oh my God. Do they do lap dances or is, oh. Yeah, you can buy a lap dance. You can, there are a couple other things they offer. I can't really remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it's like a queer strip club for one night. Okay. It's sick. <laughs> I need to fly in for that. I know. And... I haven't performed with them yet, but I, I would love to at some point. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say you need to hit them up because that is so fucking cool. Um, it's run by uh, the dancer Roxy. Okay, fuck yeah. Oh, wait. know of through the person we used to date. Roxy's one of the, like, creators of the Click Clack Club. Oh, my God. For the, for the pod, Roxy is friends with um, the non-monogamous person I'm in love with. So that's perfect. Who wow. actually also just texted me, like, as we're Ooh. talking, just texted me. Ooh. Ooh. They asked me what I'm doing Saturday, and I said, hanging out with you. And then they just sent me a flyer for something. Um, there are leaf blowing outside my apartment. Can you hear it? Nope, not at all. Okay, great. What a nuisance. Can you hear my squeaky chair? No, not at all. Oh, good. Okay. Great, great. We're dodging every bullet. Um, wow, that is so hot and cool. And now I'm just thinking, like, I wonder if my bar would let me organize, like, a strip club takeover. Like, a queer strip club takeover. That would be pretty sick. Do you know any, um, like, strippers in L.A.? I guess, no, I don't. I'd have to find them. <laughs> but I could find, find them. them. Yeah, I could definitely find them. Club. I, wait, I have never been to a strip club. Girl, go to a strip club. Yeah, I want to go to one. Yeah, you should go. Go with, like, a, a budget. Bring a bunch of cash when you're out of it. Like, get out of there. I know, yeah. Like, go. It's so fun. How much... How much... Okay, this is a great question and educational for those listening. How much money is appropriate to bring to a strip club like minimum okay minimum at a strip club 100 bucks okay bare yeah minimum. yeah bare minimum what's like the ideal ideally okay see and this is where i get a little heteronormative um that's okay Let's okay trigger it. warning <laughs> men should not be walking into the strip club with less than $500 ready Period. to spend. Mm -hmm. um, girlies, you can get away with like a hundred bucks. But if you're there with your boyfriend, yeah, at least two or 300. Yeah, I think that's um, fair. Because there are a lot of things you can do. You can just sit at the stage and throw singles all night long. No one's going to hate you for that. Um, you can 
sit by the stage and not throw sinus and not do lap dances, but everyone's going to hate you. Yeah. Um, you can sit at the bar and drink and then talk to the girls, but eventually you're going to have to either tip them or take them for a lap dance. Um, you cannot just be a grumpy girl with her boyfriend at the strip club. You yeah. can, but you shouldn't. Um, How often do you see like, that? Like every night. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a little odd. Like couples can be really fun. They can be super hit or miss. Like you can go to a couple and they want to like have a fun, crazy night, like exploring sexuality and like having a fun, sexy experience together. And they're like down to do dances and like, tip the stage and like spend money on you and those are great and like I've had a lot of good luck with people like that but then you also get like girls who got dragged there or girls who told their boyfriend that they have to bring them oh yeah yeah they're sitting there and they're judging and they're being rude to all the girls and they're like being kind of cagey and like bitchy to everyone and like so you have to just be careful you you can't go up to every couple and like I'll usually risk it because like I love girls so I'm like if I can do a lap dance with one girl tonight like I'm a happy camper um but yeah it's a it's a risk it is a risk (laughs) wow okay I'm just thinking that like if I went to a strip club which I will like I would be so not grumpy. I would be so like, oof. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait. You would probably get, like, swindled into spending a whole lot more money than you originally wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm just thinking about, like, if I got a lap dance, I'd probably have, like, a heart attack in a good way. Yeah. Okay, completely obsessed. Um, I know that we both have things to do, so I'm going to, like, I'm going to, let's do, like, a, um like a uh, lightning round okay yeah lightning okay okay i have to ask everyone who comes on the pod this what was your first obsession that you later realized was you exploring your queerness okay i literally just had a moment about this recently but i can't remember what it was and i've been like kicking myself for like an hour trying to figure it out i'm so annoyed but when you sent me that document i was thinking kim possible yes um very obsessed with Kim Possible and Shigo and would play like the Disney Channel online games and would only play the Kim Possible games. Do you remember <laughs> the one where she's like stealing stuff from the store to like make the perfect outfit to go on her little mission? Wait. I was obsessed. I was so obsessed. Um I love that. and like every Lindsay Lohan movie. Oh my God! Yes. Wait, like even yeah. Aaron Trap a little bit. Wait, she's yeah. a kid. She's a child. But it's like no, when but you I was were a child kid. too, so it's fine. Exactly. Um, the skinny dipping scene. I was like, she's naked. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so hot. The poker scene. Oh my God, Aaron Trap. That's a gay she's kid. Like licking her lips, <laughs> yes. and she's like royal. Flush. The way she said flush. Ah. Uh, and then like other Lindsay Lohan movies, like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen when she was Lola and all of her outfits. Like yep. I thought I just wanted to be Lola, but no, I wanted to be inside of Lola. Wait, yes. And um Freaky Friday. Oh my god. She was so hot at Freaky Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was a lot of Lindsay Lohan movies for me. Wait, wow. Yes, I have to agree. And same with Kim Possible. Like, Shigo, like, there was something going on with Shigo that, like, I wasn't able to pick up on until way later in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, I fucking love that. And then what was your, oh, shit, I'm gay moment? Like, when you're finally, it clicked and you were like, oh, my God, wait, I want to fully kiss girls. Well, I don't know if I had that. Um I came out as bisexual to my mother when I was 14. Mm, um, 15, maybe. Uh, and she kind of didn't believe me. She was like, are you like in love with your best friend? And I was like, no. She was like, she goes, well, normally like if someone 
realizes they're gay, it's because they like like someone. And I was like, no, I just, you I just think know. I just like, I think I just know. I don't think I had like a clicking moment. Yeah, I did. Like I was really young and I don't remember it anymore because I I've known since I was like uh, since I was like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, well, it's the same for me. Like, I always was just like, oh, I think I could fall in love with anyone. Like, just I fall in love with people, you know, not regardless of gender. But for me, I remember it wasn't until I was like 18 or 19 that I like masturbated to like the thought of a woman. And I was like, oh, shit, like I'm gay. And it wasn't until like 18 or 19 that I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. It's locked in. Yeah. But wait, what was your first? Who was the first? What was your first kiss with like a not guy? It was with my. I had like a girlfriend when I was a sophomore. Oh shit! We didn't even get into any of this. Okay, I had like a little girlfriend for like a month. Um, should I just say her name? (laughs) Do you want to? First name. Her name is Alyssa. Um, she was on the swim team and I was on the dive team. (laughs) We like. We like made out one time. Wait, gay swimmers. That's so. Wait, did you watch Pretty Little Liars? Absolutely. Oh, Pretty Little Liars was definitely like a moment for me. Yeah. Because yeah. Shay Mitchell played a, a lesbian on the swim team, I think. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I definitely was like, I'm living this life. Maybe that's why I was into her because she was a swimmer and I was like so into Pretty Little Liars. And I was obsessed with Shay Mitchell. Oh my God. I'm still obsessed with Shay Mitchell. <laughs> Me too. Oh my God. Love. Okay. I'm probably, I need to have you back on as a recurring guest. I'll have you on <laughs> as a recurring guest. Um, yeah. Okay. I also want to talk about, I mean, like being queer and this will be like, you can just give a short little fucking answer and then I'll have you back on to talk about threesomes and hot sex stuff. And also we didn't hot even talk about the time where you, me, and Casey made out in, like, a little triangle in Hungry Brain in Chicago. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> That's what I was going to start this conversation with. It was that, like, makeout um, sesh that was so public and, like, in the middle of a dance floor and all three of us were just making out. Oh, my God. That was that, like, weird DJ night, right? At Hungry Brain? No. Yes. Yes? Yes. Oh, Wait, man. that was Hungry Brain, right? You remember, Do you remember what I'm talking about? Was it not at Hungry Brain? Is that the night that Raven and Jasol were also at yes. Hungry Brain with us? And we, we made out that night? Um, oh, we totally did. We yeah, totally did. No, you're we right. We made out a lot that night and like with Casey also and just like in front of everybody. Like, what were we doing? And I don't even think we were that drunk. I think we were just making out. No, I think that was, you were like, you and I were going out last summer in the era of me like, Every time I went out, I made out with one of my friends. Yes. Um, Same. Just because I was a horny little girl. <laughs> and I had um, hot friends. Yes. What are you going to do? Not kiss your friends. <laughs> but I was going to... Oh, should we even get into it? Listen, for those listening, Abby and I both have things we have to go do. Um, <laughs> but, but really quick, because we both are like queer kind of pansexual I guess I don't like the label so I just use queer but like we both date men and are queer and I wanted to talk about like your experience with like dating a man and then also still exploring your queerness alongside that like what does that look like for you and how did how does it make you feel and yeah unless you don't want to talk about it at all no it's fine I feel like it's looked different like every period of my life it's been like a little bit different um I've been in relationships where I just like I'm monogamous and I'm not thinking about it. I had one relationship a couple of years ago uh, where we were having a lot of threesomes um, <laughs> and like actively pursuing doing that often. Um, and that was really, really fun. Um, and I've had a lot of relationships where I just kind of like don't explore it. Um, I've only had like really serious things with women and most of my serious relationships have been with men so I tend to do my exploring when I'm not with the men that I date yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah I think it is like a much larger conversation and I also still don't really like know where I am with that 
Definitely. I think I, oh my God, these people with the leaf blower outside my apartment are going to kill me. Um, okay. I'm going to do an episode where I just talk about this topic because I think a lot of queer people and especially queer women, people who identify as women do this where they date men and also explore their queerness. And there is like, there's a lot around it. So we'll chat about it. Last thing before we sign off, I want you to promote anything you have coming up, any classes you're teaching, things like that. Hell yeah. So I teach at uh, Siren Studios in Chicago. It's in Avondale. It is the first sex worker owned pole studio in Chicago. I teach strength and conditioning classes. So uh, we're not doing any tricks. We're not dancing. We are like blasting our abs and our shoulders for like an hour. Um, I just had a friend text me saying that they were so sore from my class. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm sure last night um so I teach those every Wednesday night at 8 45 I you should follow me on Instagram that's where I will post all my stuff about upcoming shows uh it's patchouli underscore poll on Instagram wow what a fucking delight Abby I will definitely have you back on the pod I hope you have an amazing I love day you. Oh, stop it. I love you. I miss you so much. No, I miss you too. Okay, we'll see each other soon. Um, Have an amazing day. And um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye, Queen.